0: I want to read our text together this morning, Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 10. I want to know Christ. Yes. To know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. I want to become like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Listen to these words one more time from Philippians chapter three. It says, I want to know Christ, yes. To know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. I wanna become like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but this one thing I do, I forget what is behind and I strain toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This is the word of God, Philippians chapter three. What kind of a person says this? Have we ever on our best day, like, Daniel, have you ever on your best day got down on your knees? Tristan, have you ever on your best day pulled out your journal? Daniel, have you ever on your best day sat around the room with a house church and and said stuff like this? I I just want to suffer like Christ. You know, you think about the way that Christ suffered, and so often we think about the physical, but I want you to think about just the experience of Jesus on his his 33 years that he had on earth. You can go back and you can read this in the Gospels, but suffering looked like this for Christ. He was misunderstood by his family and his friends because of his faith. That the suffering of Christ looked like this, that he was rejected and hurt by the people that he loved the most. Rob, have you ever on your best day go, man, there's nothing that I want more than to to be misunderstood by my family and friends like Christ? Mike, have you ever said, man, I want to die just like Christ? And I go, who says this? I want to suggest two things this morning as we look at our text. A person who responds, a person who says this is someone who has received the gift of God's free grace. And someone who knows where they're going. The person who writes this, who thinks this, who prays this, who says this, is someone who who has experienced the free gift of God's grace. And someone who knows where they're going. Guys, here's what I love about Paul, the guy who wrote this. You know, he had been included in the kingdom of God. He knew that the only reason he was a part of the family of God, he knew that the only reason that he was a Christ follower is because that God had come and found him. You know, Paul understood that that God came looking for him, uh, not when his life was perfect. You see, Paul had this deep experience, he had this deep understanding because he knew that that God came near to him when he was in this place of, of deep distrust in Jesus. was in this place where he didn't believe in Christ. And some of us come in this place and this is exactly where we find ourselves this morning. You're sitting in these brown, uncomfortable chairs and you go, man, I don't believe in Jesus. I don't trust in Jesus. He's just one among many. He's just another being. And yet there was something about Paul that this very real God came and intersected his very real life when Paul was at the the, the middle, the the worst of his rebellion, the the worst of his sin, the worst version of himself. It was in this place where the grace of God came and touched and changed his life. It was this place, this moment when Paul realized that, that God had come looking for him in spite of and even though he'd done all these things. It was when Paul had this realization that that God still wanted him, still had plans for him, still had a place for him around the table, still desired him. And Paul received the grace of God, the forgiveness of God. There's this beautiful verse that Jesus tells the story in Luke chapter seven. It says that, that he who has been forgiven much loves much. And Paul loves Jesus, loved Jesus so very much. I want to know Christ. This is what his, his New Year's resolution was. This was his prayer. This was the thing that he wrote about in his quiet time before bed. He says, I want, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to participate in his sufferings. I want to become like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection of the dead. Paul knew that Jesus wasn't just a philosophy. He wasn't just some humanitarian, some uh, philanthropist. He knew that, that Jesus wasn't just one God among many. Paul knew that Jesus was alive, that Jesus was well, that Jesus was reigning, and that Jesus had come to save him. Yesterday we had this kind of funny moment. Jones is sitting out here with Court, and, and we were playing in Finley's room yesterday. He was. Um, playing on her bed and she has this little bed and there's a gap between the the bed and the wall and and Jones is playing on the bed and he just fell, like his little bottom fell, like right in that little gap. And so, uh, you know, he kind of looked like a little taco. His hand, his arms and his legs are squished together and he just looked at us and he was like going, ma, 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 like, you know, just going, hey. And and I just looked at him and, you know, just kind of laughed and I I thought, man, that kid will, will never be able to get out on his own, like. Like he had gotten himself into a situation that he was incapable of doing anything else to, to get himself out of. Seriously, like he was so wedged in there and he knew that, that he couldn't go down further. He couldn't get out. There was nothing that he could do on his own. His own strength, his own power, his own works, his own creativity. His little mind didn't even know where to begin. And He just looked at us. Mom, mom, dad, dad. I just kept thinking about us. We come here this morning and we all have different experiences and we, we're all in different phases of life. But my guess is that, that all of us come into this place and, and we're looking for, for peace. And the way we go about trying to find peace is so diverse. And what God was reminding me this week is that what we need, what each of us need, Sarah, what you need. Taylor, what you need. Kate, what you need. Callie, what you need. What our souls long for is to experience Jesus. Whether you know this or not. Our souls are, are longing to, to not just be at peace, but to be at peace with, with God. God. Our souls are longing for his forgiveness, his grace to to come into our lives and to do for us what we're not able to do for ourselves. Paul received the, the free gift of God's grace. He's wedged between this little mattress and the wall. In his sin, he knew that there was nothing he could do to to get himself out of it, and he understood that Christ was real, that Christ had come near to impart forgiveness, to impart grace, and, and Paul's first step with God is that he received this grace. The second thing I want us to think about this morning, this text, is that, is that Paul knew where he was going. Paul knew where he was going. You know, There are very few storylines that grip me so tightly uh, that engaged me so deeply that I have to know how the story ends. There are countless shows and books and articles that I've started. And it's not that they're not interesting. It's not that I'm not engaged yet. For whatever reason, I just, I never finish them. I, I never uh, read the book to see how it ends. You know, uh, I never see the, the, the TV series through. And so this is How I Met Your Mother with Court and I. Any fans in here of How I Met Your Mother? couple you know court and i just uh binged watched how i met your mother and and we just watched it and watched it watched. we were so hooked we were just trying to figure out you know every time a new person came on we're like is that the mom is that the person and and we just were so locked in like we'd come home from work and school we just sit on the couch and watch this and we're talking about it and and here's what's crazy you know the show went off a year ago two years ago and we still have no idea how the show ends (laughs) about five seasons behind Don't tell me, I'll be so mad at you if you come up and tell me how the show ends. I'm serious, you will not be welcome back at our church if you do that. (laughs) But I was just thinking about my tendency to to be so engaged, to start things and to be in the middle of things and to be so excited and to have no idea how it ends. To lose passion, to lose direction, to lose care. Let's think about our, our, our real lives with God for a minute. How many of us have no idea or how many of us never think about how this life that we're living right now ends? A little serious, a little heavy. How often we, we, we forget to think about what's at the end of this life. You know, my confession is I just get so often caught up in the flow of life. Working my job, dealing with my own stuff, my own struggles, my own heartache. Being weighed down by the brokenness in our church, in my family, in our city. I get so caught up in in wrestling with my own faithlessness. get caught up in this the flow of life the other night I, I asked Court you know we would put the kids to bed and, and I said hey will you just read Revelation 21 and 22 with me she came in there and she sat with me and I, I read the last two chapters of the Bible if you've never read the, 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 the last two chapters of the Bible I invite you to do that today to, to do that this week sometime to, that tells us how this story ends how how our very real lives end. It's the most epic ending to any story ever. And I'm gonna spoil it for you a little bit. That every person who's put their hope in Jesus, that when we realize that, that his grace really is enough, we put our faith In the reality that that Jesus really did step foot on this earth. Not just, just a nice gesture from the Father, but He came because we needed to be saved. We needed to be pulled out of that gap between the mattress and the wall. When we put our faith in the reality that, that Jesus Christ was really hung on a cross, and on that cross, it wasn't just this physical painful death, but he died there to satisfy the wrath of God over our rebellion. We put our faith in this fact that Christ rose from the dead so we could experience life anew right now. We put our faith in the fact that Christ, the reason we can't see him is because he ascended into heaven. He is sitting at the Father's right hand. Right now, as I speak, Jesus is hearing our prayers. He's in heaven working on our behalf. He is giving us more of his spirit he is filling our hearts with love he's filling our minds with his purpose he's putting his power in our hands that that Jesus Christ the son of God is sitting at the father's hand and as the scripture say that that one day every eye will see Isaiah 45 verse 23 says that one day every single knee will bow and every single tongue will confess, whether you believe right now in Jesus or not, that there will be a day where we stand in front of a very real Jesus. And we'll have this moment we go, he really is the Lord. And the way this story ends is that any person who puts their faith in this Jesus, that he is alive. That he saves us. We know how the story ends. That we will see him one day. And we will be with him forever. Let's keep going in this text. Verse 12 he says. Paul writes. Not that I've already obtained all this. I haven't arrived yet at my goal. And so I love this. He he looks at us and he says, all right, time out. He says, I don't love Christ perfectly. I'm I'm not where I want to be. Where I desire to be is not where I actually am right now. And I'll just say this real quick. You know, it's so easy for us to read stuff like this. You know, I want to know Christ. I want to become like him in his death. I want to die. It's so easy for us to read stuff like this in the Bible. And because you and I are nowhere near that, you know, some of you come in here to this place this morning and you go, man, uh, I, I just want to quit messing around with my girlfriend. And I just want to read the Bible. And I just want to start being nice to people. I'm not trying to, to die and to suffer like Christ. And so often we, we read the Bible and because it's so far from, from where we are, we're so discouraged. And so we do Nothing. My friend Douglas, he shared this with me on Thursday. He said, so often we we compare our insides to other people's outsides. That we know us, we know our struggles, we know our sin. And, you know, from the from the outset, it looks like, you know, Whitney, you've got your life together. You've got all the answers. You're walking in the power of the Spirit. And, And so often we compare our insides to other people's outsides. And we read this and we go, man, this is not where I am. But even Paul says, this is not where I am. Haven't arrived yet. And I want us to look at what Paul does with his imperfection. Look at what he does with where he is. The second part of verse 12. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. This is what he's saying. It's a weird and confusing statement. He says, He has this moment where he says, church, Peter, Christ has has come for me. Paul's writing this very personal letter to this group of people that he loves so much. He says, guys, Christ has come for me. And I wanna spend the rest of my life knowing this Jesus more. Paul says, guys, I I wanna know his love, I wanna know his ways, I wanna know his thinking. I want to live just like him in this life. Paul knew that life with God is not about observation, but about participation. Verse 13, so comforting. Thank you, Paul, for writing this. Thank you, Spirit, for getting him, letting him say this. He says, brothers and sisters, I, I do not consider myself yet to have taken home. He says it two times. This is where I want to be. I'm not there yet. He says, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul says so much here, and I want to just kind of point out two things real quick. He says, this is what I do he give some very practical advice. It's people who are trying to figure out what it looks like to live with Christ in God in this life. He says, I forget what is behind. And that literally means to, to not remember. And I go, is there anything harder to do? Is there anything harder to do than to, to forget who we were? to let go of the the things that we did. Is there anything harder for you to do, Colin, than to to let go of the, to forget about the the person you were before you came to know Christ? Paul says part of what it means to to be in this life with Christ is that you you let go. Logan, you let go of the, the person you were, the sin that you committed, you let go Dale, you you don't remember it. When it comes up, you choose not to to, to sit in your mind, to let it sit in your heart. He says, I forget what is behind. I let that person die. And I love this. He says, I strain for what is ahead. To get the prize. And I was asking myself, you know, what is the prize? What is it that, that, that we're after in this life? Life with Christ. You know, heaven, you can, you're gonna read about this in Revelation 21, 22. It's, it's gonna be more glorious and beautiful and majestic than, than we can even describe. But the thing that will make heaven so glorious and so beautiful is that Christ will be there with us. Christ who has called us who's calling us each by name. Christ who is pursuing us and who will continue to pursue us. Christ who wants us. This is where we're going, to meet this Jesus. I was at this um, conference several years ago down in Atlanta, this kinda of big Christian conference, and uh, they partner with this organization, Compassion International. I know you guys are familiar with Compassion International. It's this uh, really neat company. What they do is they, they identify kind of orphans all over the world or children that are living in extreme poverty and they kind of make it available for, for you to sponsor them. And so for 30 or 40 bucks a month, you can um, give the give a kid education. You can give them food. You can give them a shelter. Um, You give them clothes. You just, you give them life. And it's just this amazing deal. And uh, you know, you can write back and forth and see their handwriting. They send you pictures and you can just kind of see them grow up. It's just this amazing organization. And, And so they were kind of, um, Talking about Compassion International, trying to get people to sponsor kids. And, and so they brought out this woman who is a beneficiary of Compassion International. She's from a, a different country. And um, her whole life, you know, she grew up in extreme poverty, an orphan, and, and this random family, you know. United States just supported her, and, and here she was, this this grown out of college woman, just this amazing story, and and this guy's interviewing her, and just kind of trying to, to help other other people see that you know what your money does, it 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 does this, and it really does help people, and and the MC just kind of turns it on its head, you know, she thought she was just kind of giving a plug, and, and he said, hey, have have you ever met the family who sponsored you? You ever met the benefactors? She said, no. She said, I just live too far away. You know, they never could make the trip. And he said, today, you know, um, you're going to meet the family who, who sponsored you. And she's like, what are you talking about? He said, hey, come on out. And so in front of 14,000 people, this big arena in the middle of Atlanta, in the middle of this stage, this woman from a different country meets the family that her entire life had had been sponsoring her and supporting her. And, and I just remember this, it's like etched in my mind. She takes her hand, she puts them up to her mouth. Just big tears falling down her face. And it was so powerful getting to witness this woman meet these people who had literally given so much to save her life. It was so powerful that these people had, had given her a life that, that there was no way that she could get on her own. No matter how hard she worked, no matter how many jobs she had, there was nothing that she could do to break the cycle. It this powerful moment of, of watching this one woman meet this family who'd literally given her life. Guys, we will be with Jesus. Emily, you will be with Jesus. Let me say that again. If if you are in Christ, you will be with Jesus. You will meet the one who has literally moved heaven and earth to get to you. This is where we're going. And I'm convinced that when we allow the grace of Jesus into our lives, when we know where we're going because of Jesus, we too will find ourselves thinking about and saying and striving to to live into words like this. I wanna know Christ. Here's what I want us to do this morning. We're gonna do something a little bit different than we typically do. You should have two cards uh, that are in your seat or they're probably under your seat by now. I invite you to pick those up. On one of these cards, uh, the red card, it says uh, letting go and on the other greenish yellow card, whatever color you would call this. Jill, what color is this? What color would you call this? This is neon, okay. Thank you, Logan. Uh, It says letting go and and leaning into. I invite you to pick up the pen that's in your seat or on the floor. I want you to take the red card first, and I want you to to think about. And I want you to write down something. It can be more than one thing if you want, but I want you to think about something that, that you want to let go of this year, that you want to forget about something that is keeping you from walking in intimacy with Jesus, something that is disturbing the peace that Christ has come and given to you. It can be a belief, it can be a behavior. I'll just kinda share a little bit, of, as I was thinking about, like, I think I need to lead the way in this. I just need to share a few things that, that I need to let go of this year to kinda get your will spinning. And so one of the things that, that I wanna let go of that I'm gonna write down on my card is that, is that I wanna let go of my tendency to worship money and I hate that this is true, but it's just as honest as I can be that, that so often in my idle time, I find myself thinking about the, what I could do if I had more money. Jesus makes this crazy statement. It says, you cannot love both God and money. You cannot serve both God and money. And, and this year, I, I wanna let go of my tendency to worship money so that I can really worship God. Another thing that I wanna let go of this year is, is my tendency to, to feel like I have to keep the peace to make everyone happy. I don't know if you're like this, if you're the peacemaker in your family, man, but Thanksgiving and Christmas are the most stressful times in my life. I can't sleep the week leading up to them. Like, just have this peacemaker inside of me where I just feel like I have to make everyone happy and I feel like God is inviting me to, to let go of some of those things. Maybe for you, this is the year that you let go of the eating disorder. Maybe this is a year that you let go of the belief that God doesn't love you, that God can never use you. This is a year that you let go of that unbelief. Maybe you wanna let go of control. Invite you to think about something that you wanna let go of on the red card and uh, what is something that you need His grace to cover you let go. And on the the neon card, uh, I want you to think about something that you wanna lean into this year. Since you've been covered by grace, you know where you're going, what is something that you wanna lean into? You know, for me, this is the year that I wanna just be a a killer husband and father. That that I wanna win at home that I want my wife and my kids, when they see me talking, when they see me living, I want my, my real life to give credibility to those things. For you, maybe it's, you know I, I wanna join a house church this year, I wanna to let people into my life, I wanna quit flying solo, or, or I wanna read the New Testament this year. Or I wanna carve out time on the way to class or the way to work, I wanna give that time to God, I'm gonna pray, I wanna, I wanna worship, or, or maybe the leaning in this year is that I want to become a Christian. Someone invite you. I'm going to give you four minutes. You don't have to figure it out in four minutes. If you need longer, you have all week. You have your whole life to write these down. But I'm going to give you four minutes to, to, to write these down. Adam and, uh, is going to just play f- some music for us. And and I just invite you to be very honest, to, to think about something that you wanna let go of, something you wanna lean into, and then I'm gonna get back up in a few minutes and send us to communion. So let's take a minute and, and think about this.